Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We have some we got something to say podcast. I have Melissa Long on. Hi Melissa. Hi. How are you? Thank you for coming on. I know it's I know it's late on a on a Tuesday evening, Thanksgiving week, but we're making it work. Two busy mamas, we're making it work. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, tell me, Melissa. I know you have. You're married. nice wow and you are how i mean i know they say not to ask but um so you guys are in your 30s now 20s yes, i did say i'm an open book so you can ask oh. <laughs> we, we have been together for 16 years wow good for you guys that's awesome i'm sure that's a whole nother story within itself That's absolutely that's a blessing and you have one daughter yeah she's our miracle baby okay so we're definitely going to get into that so um first off let's say how we met so i believe we met through martha not birth works right it was through martha yes okay yeah and i think she, um you need you needed milk donated no you had just had sky it's skies or skyler Okay, okay, so it's Sam. Um, okay, yeah, but I think she had just been born because my son is two, and how old is she? She's 20 months. Okay, so she's, okay, yeah, it was a few minutes, a, a few months after Jace, and um, yeah, I think Mar- Martha had posted something on Facebook like, you know, in need of um, milk. I have a new mama, just gave birth, and I donated some milk. Yes, which I am so appreciative for. I had so many people step up to help out, and my daughter was able to go the first two weeks of her life all based off donor milk from people that I had never even met personally at that point. Now, several friends, um, but it's something that I will forever be grateful for. That's amazing. I think when I saw that, when I, I saw the community of moms come together and all the moms that Martha, you know, knew, I just thought it was a beautiful thing. And it just made me so proud to be a part of a village. Cause yeah, I didn't know you. Yeah. It's like, you don't know mom, you don't know these people and they're coming through for you. That's it's beautiful. Um, so I know you had, did you have difficulty and uh, tell, well, why don't you here? Why don't you tell us your journey into motherhood? Um, I know you said she's your miracle baby, so why don't you speak on that? Okay, well, when I was 10, I was diagnosed with stage 4 kidney cancer. Um, talk about turning my world upside down. Um, yeah, that's tough. I knew it until that happened, and then all of a sudden my new normal became hospital stays and needle pokes and chemo and surgeries and radiation, and it's... 
firsthand experience. I would not wish on my worst enemy. And I loved child having to go through it. And that was at 10 years old. 10 years old. Wow. You're a strong woman, a strong girl. Wow. I'm sure. Um, the tumor had burst my kidney and spread to my liver, my lungs. It was pushing on my inferior vena cava, extending down into my pelvis. I mean, it was huge. Oh, wow. So I'm just so, so grateful to even have made it through that. Of course. Since has not been an easy one. So struggled in middle schools, ended up dealing with... Um, depression and just feeling very isolated and alone like no one in my life really understood what I had gone through so um, you have that element of it and then you have the element of all the late effects that popped up from the toxicities in my treatment when I was about 15 I started being diagnosed with um, one health issue after the next that the doctors all related back to the chemo and the radiation mm. um it was during that time that they told me there's a chance I'd never be able to get pregnant because they don't know exactly how the treatments affected me um, in that aspect. So at 15, I was already prepared that when I do find my husband, it may be a journey with having a family. Sure. Uh, and so... That's why she's my miracle baby, because it was quite the journey. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, and I can imagine now you being a mom and what your parents went through. Your oh, my goodness. I literally <laughs> cannot fathom being a parent, watching our child go through that. I've thought of that so many times. I'm I, sure. I remember my dad. He is a tough Marine. Um one of those just rock solid never shows emotion kind of guys and I will never forget after the doctors told them how serious my cancer was I was coming back from the playroom in my wheelchair I had just had surgery the week prior so I was still pretty weak and I wheeled into the room and my dad was on the floor sobbing oh my god never in my life seen any emotion like that let alone the extent that he was showing and that's what I knew of course like this is bad and I will forever have that image burned into my head I'm sure that must have been tough to see yeah I'm, I'm, you guys are a very strong family because I, I couldn't even imagine um I, I just yeah I, I couldn't even imagine um I, and it's like funny because it's like you're telling this and I want to say okay and it's like you're here so it's like it seems like that was so long ago, but I'm sure because you went through it, and we'll talk about it later of your um, ad advocacy for um, a healthy lifestyle and why that's so passionate for you. Um, but it's like you know you were ten, and like you said, you had so many things in between that time. But you're such a survivor and such a strong woman, and to be young and going through that, like 
wow you know i like i'm just yeah i'm kind of like speechless right now to to imagine that you were going through that now having a son like i yeah i couldn't even imagine yeah it uh it, it was not not easy but i um i worked through all the the feelings of why me this wasn't fair i was a good kid like mm-hmm. uh, I, I dealt with all that I, I was angry for a long time and i was just you know i literally felt like my life had been turned upside down and then my new normal was very hard to figure out after so it really rocked the majority of my childhood um but I obviously, because it's been a while, had time to work through that, and I'm able now, because I've dedicated my life to helping others, I'm able to realize the purpose and why I went through what I did. I wouldn't have the passion that I do to help other people, um, or, I mean, it just, it literally, that experience has driven almost every aspect of my life since, since then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I picked my career choice based off of of my experience with cancer. So I'm an oncology nurse. Wow. Okay. So let's, um, and, and I don't want to fast forward through your story, but I know you have so much because, you know, I, I want to talk about more so your journey into motherhood um, and then how you got to where you are now and you were a nurse and how now you're, you know, not against medicine because I'm not going to say you're against medicine, but how you're so more mindful and thoughtful of what you put into your body. Um, so, okay. So you're going through this very serious, serious um uh, basically, you know, almost fatal, right? There were times, I'm sure, because you realized, like like you said, your dad had realized how serious this all was. Um, so when do you, I guess, get in remission or when does that happen that, you know, you, you get the clear that you're cancer free? So I was diagnosed in March of 1998. Um, they went in to remove the tumor right away because my type of cancer, well, it's tumor, typically you go in, you remove the kidney, and then you treat with chemotherapy and radiation after. Well, unfortunately, they went in and removed my tumor, and it was way too big, and they, they couldn't even touch it. So mm. they closed me back up, treated me with intense chemo and radiation, enough to where it shrunk the tumor to about a football size. Mm-hmm. Then they went back in, removed 90% of it. They had to leave 10% because it was still wrapped around my liver. Wow. forward to October of that same year, and I ended up becoming septic and almost dying. I had to have emergency surgery in my bed because my central line had gotten infected. I was hallucinating. I was seizing. I went into something called DIC where you're basically bleeding from the inside out. It it was absolutely terrifying. Granted, I don't remember much of it because I was so sick. My temperature was 106.9. Wow. That, this is all recounted from my mom who, again, talking about being a parent, I, I just cannot fathom how yeah. terrifying it was. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, but overcame that the Lord and then we get to December and I finished my chemo regimen so every cancer has a certain regimen you're supposed to follow which outlines how long you're supposed to get the treatment mine was essentially supposed to be nine months hence December mm-hmm. so December it we did a scan and it showed that that 10% was still wrapped around my liver at this point I was done the treatment that had been assigned to me I'd had the radiation I'd had it 
90% of the tumor taken out and the doctors were kind of stumped. All right, well, it didn't respond to the treatment, so it's no point giving her more. We need to go in and try to remove this surgically. Problem was, the reason they didn't take it out in the first place is because it was dangerously wrapped around my liver, which posed a big risk for a lot of complications if anything got nicked in the process of trying to get the tumor out. So they prepared my, my family for a really dangerous surgery. They were going to do what they called a Whipple procedure and go in and try to get it out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family is very strong in our faith. At this point, I have people all over the country praying for me, and I know for a fact that the prayers and our relationship with God plays a big role. Absolutely. Through all of this to begin with, but my mom activated this massive prayer chain to have everyone pray for the surgery and just that I would make it out okay and there'd be no complications. So we fast forward to the end of December 1998, and the doctor wanted to do one more CAT scan just to kind of get his bearings together and know exactly what he was going to be working with. So Christmas comes, we do the CAT scan shortly after Christmas, and then on December 31st, 1998, we get a call from the surgeon, and he says, I don't know what happened, but there's no sign of cancer on this CAT scan. Oh, my God. Wow, that really is a miracle. Yeah. And you've been cancer-free since then. You've been in remission. Cancer-free ever since then. Never needed that surgery. And if anybody tells me God doesn't exist, the miracle's going to happen. I got a story for that. No, absolutely. That is, that is, wow. Such a, yeah, like, wow. But God, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, you know. So God, there's always, um... There's always a plan in, you know, um, in, in what he's doing, you know, um, and I, it's it's amazing how, you know, we go through life and then you hear stories like this or something happens to you and you're like, OK, that was you, God. You know, it's like he's always there to remind you and hearing a story like that is just like 100 percent like that's all God. That's all faith. That's all prayers, you know. Um, so, OK, so and and so at this age, then you're 11 because it was within Almost a year time, or you're still 10? No, I turned 11 two months after being diagnosed. Okay, okay, so then, yeah, so then, so, okay, so you're going through, um, all right, so now you're in remission, so then, so then what? So now you're, now you're trying to get over the fact that this traumatic experience, right? You did need the surgery, now you don't need the surgery, and now you're trying to basically get your life, I'm assuming, back together, right? Trying to make sense of it all. Yeah, trying to just, because when you're going through it, you're in fight or flight mode. You don't have a lot of time to really focus on everything you're going through. You literally just are fighting for your life. And even at such a young age, while I couldn't grasp everything that was happening, I knew enough to know that this is serious and i got to do whatever I can to beat it. So when I get this amazing news that I didn't need that surgery after just, you got a million times over and celebrating that then it's like okay well what now this has been our life for the past year so Mm -hmm. like I said earlier it it was very difficult to adjust back to normal life I had missed a lot of school they actually um what could have failed me in fifth what because I missed so much but because I had straight A's they let me advance to sixth grade and I did not have to repeat fifth grade so 
I missed a lot of school. Um, so that was an adjustment coming back. And then, you know, my classmates, while they were great, they sent cards, they sent gifts, things like that. When I came back, I don't think a lot of them knew how to act around me. They, they hadn't seen or been around anyone that had had cancer. I was bald. Um, I was weak and frail and, you know, I wasn't the same when you said that. Sure. No. Mm-hmm. So, it, it just was not an easy transition, both because of that and then getting made fun of. Kids are so mean and nasty. So and cruel. Adults, too. I, I'll never forget, I was in the bathroom one day and an older lady came up to me and was like, honey, you're in the wrong bathroom. Boys' bathroom's over there. Oh, no. So, a lot of just ignorant comments. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. So, you know, obviously we know the effects of bullying today and how, how negatively that affects people. So, that really stuck with me and unfortunately led to a lot of self-esteem issues that I had to work through. I'm, I'm sure. So did you guys go to therapy as a family or was it just a lot of faith and, and, and prayer? Like how, you know, how did you, cause I, I was bullied as a child, but nowhere near to the intensity that you were because you were obviously dealing with a, a um, an illness and, and all of that, but I was bullied and I'm thankful, you know, didn't have any lasting effects like that. But did you guys go to therapy? Like, how did you then overcome that? Well, I'm kind of, I told you my dad's a Marine and he's yeah. a tough dude and I kind of got that from him. So I buried it all deep down. I didn't even tell my parents what I was going through. Oh. And I decided I was just going to figure it out on my own. Um, I didn't want to feel or come across ungrateful because I was so thankful to be alive that I felt like if I let my parents know what I was struggling with, both with the bullying and getting made fun of and adjusting back to normal, but then also the anger that I was experiencing as to why this even happened to me in the first place, all those emotions, I did not want to come across ungrateful, so I figured, well, I'll just leave it to myself and no you were protecting them in essence and and i get it you know i can imagine you being like okay i don't want to add this to them but then in, in turn you're burying it inside and that's 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 not healthy either because you need a release you need to be able to speak on it and and to share what's going on you know yeah so i didn't for a while and then to top it off my parents got divorced when i was 15 mm. so i myself for years because I do not remember them fighting until I got sick and then I distinctively remember so many fights and I thought it was my fault that they got divorced so on top of everything else I'm carrying that guilt around too wow okay yeah so then okay so all right and then so then what happened so then you meet your you meet your hus your now husband at sixteen. So your parents go through a divorce. So you guys are now transitioning that as a family. Wow, you guys are a really strong family. Um, so then, so then what? So then I was able to convince my mom to let me leave the school that I was at, 
um, just because by this point I just felt so uncomfortable and out of place and on top of that I was a huge basketball fanatic um, I had every intent on playing basketball through college and I was going to a small private school at the time mm-hmm. and I their basketball program really started to go downhill so I wanted to go to a school where I could really focus on basketball because that really was my scapegoat was just I would just play basketball for hours and I wanted to be recognized for doing that and try to grow in a really good um, basketball environment in the school I was at with that. So I kind of used that to mm. convince my mom to let me switch schools. Meanwhile, there was a whole other part to it that I never told her about, but still, I wasn't talking to anyone about this. I was coming home from school and crying in my room for longer than I would have been day in and day out. Um, for a long time mm-hmm. because, of all this, because I wasn't talking to anyone about so when I asked my mom to switch schools it was because of basketball it wasn't because of because yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was because of the other reason too so I switched schools I went through a little bit of a crisis of um, trying to find myself I went from this small private school to this huge public school and um I wanted so badly to fit in because I felt like I hadn't fit in anywhere in a very long time that I decided I wasn't going to tell anybody what I had been through. Mm-hmm. So literally less than five people at my new school and they were my closest friends knew that I even had cancer. None of the guys I dated, nobody had any idea. Wow. Thought, well, I'm just going to bury this. Mm-hmm. You know, since it's eating me up so much and affecting me so negatively, Maybe if I just bury it and I act like it didn't happen and I find myself a group of friends, then I'll be able to move on from all this. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work because I started hanging out with people I wouldn't normally hang out with. They didn't have the same morals and values as I did. I literally lost myself for the first year that I was in this school. Mm-hmm. Um, which left me feeling more alone <laughs> than I felt prior. And then I met my husband the summer after my first year at that school. And that's when everything really started to turn around. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Okay, so then you meet him, of course. I mean, are you thinking it's, you know, like, how does that transition happen? Because are you thinking it's, okay, love at first love, love at first sight. This is the man I'm going to marry. Like, you know, you know, how does that happen? <laughs> Did you guys date? Were you guys just friends, you know? Well, I actually had a boyfriend when I met him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that there was something different about him. For the first time since I had talked to a boy at this school, he didn't try to jump in my pants. <laughs> he literally wanted to have a conversation with me. And I was blown away. I'm like, who are you? Like, <laughs> you're so respectful and you're so nice and you actually genuinely seem like you want to get to know me. Yeah. So, I actually, we met at a movie night, talked for two and a half hours, literally just sat on the couch and we just talked. He left that night and did not even get my number, but I called my boyfriend that I was currently with. I told him, we need to meet, and I broke up with him that night. Oh, wow. Not even knowing if anything was going to happen with Stan and I, because again, he didn't take my number, but you I just realized 
after sitting with him for two and a half hours that I deserve better. It was like this light bulb came on. Yes, like, yes. Person I didn't recognize for the past year, and I was doing things I I ashamed to admit that I like. I just I don't know. Talking to him, light bulb came on, and it was like, oh my goodness, like there's something better. You deserve more, and there's something better out there for me. Yes, yes. So. Wow. So you guys literally dated. So it wasn't like you were, you know, because you hear some stories with high school sweethearts where they were friends first and then. So you guys literally started dating and the rest is history. Yeah. That's beautiful. He didn't judge you for it. Do you, did you tell him the part that you were also suppressing? The part of being bullied and how, how all that made you feel? Was it like this like release, like this weight off your shoulders? Like that you were finally, not only to say it to a guy, but someone that you obviously were caring about, but that you just released it all? Well, I wish it would have worked like that because that probably would have made things easier. <laughs> but I was still trying to be this tough girl. But the thing is, because I'd already made myself so vulnerable for him, he quickly caught on to the fact that I had self-esteem issues, that I was broken, essentially. And he walked in shortly after the divorce took place, so he kind of walked into that mess, too. So he's smart. I didn't have to say a lot. Yeah. He figured out real quickly that I was literally <laughs> a hot mess. Yeah. Um, so he encouraged me to go to counseling. Um, and that's when I finally was like, well, nothing else is where it's been there, tried this, done that, still feel terrible, still am walking around with all these feelings that I don't even really know how to navigate. My self-esteem was terrible. I was so self-conscious about the scars and from all my surgeries. Yeah. I had, um, I developed scoliosis from my radiation treatment, so I was Hmm. Conscious of how crooked my back was, and it affected our relationship because I was constantly worried that he was going to get with another girl because I never felt pretty enough to be with him. Um, so he was like, Melissa, you need to go talk to someone. Like, yeah. It's a lot you're trying to carry, and I don't know how to help you. So I did. I, I went and talked to someone. And now, mind you, this was a few years after we were together, so this wasn't right away. I was in, we were in college at this point. Okay. Oh, wow. So you guys kind of got through all that, and he's like, yeah, and this is still years later. So look at that. You're in college now. Yeah. Wow. It was years later, and he was like, all right, you need to talk to someone. So I did. I found a counselor on my campus, um, started talking to her, and then on top of that, 
I vowed, I made a promise to God that if he healed me of cancer, and I made this promise when I was 11 years old, I'd go back and help other people going through the same thing I did. So I was in school to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that coupled with talking to this counselor, all of a sudden another light bulb came on and I realized I've been asking why me for so long and I've been feeling sorry for myself and I've been dealing with anger and bitterness and all these just negative dark emotions and that light bulb came on and it was like oh my goodness like I went through what I did so I can turn around and help people mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden my mind my whole mindset switched and it was like all right what do I have to do to make a difference in people's lives? Um, how can I turn this huge negative into something positive? And I just developed this insane passion to take my story and help people in whatever way I could. Whereas before, I was nervous to even talk about it. The paper wanted to interview me, I refused. My mom wanted me to go to cancer camp. I didn't want to go to cancer camp because I wanted to act like it never happened. Sure. I turned down every opportunity to use my story to help people um, because I just wanted to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, you want, you're trying to now block it out and just be like, look, I want to and you know, get on with my life. That happened. That's this. It was traumatic. And how do we move forward? But, you know, you, know, you, you realize, okay, well, actually, where's the silver lining? Well, the silver lining is I can now help people in return. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. And now I can help people in return. Yeah. And what I learned is you can't run from your past. You can try. I tried really hard. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. It leaves you feeling more alone and with more negative. Yeah, for sure. It, it's You have to face your past and you've got to figure out how to make yourself better and stronger as a result of whatever you've been through, all of us have been through stuff. Absolutely. You know, and it's the people that figure out, okay, how do I take this crap that I've been dealt and use it to help other people or to better myself? Yeah, anytime, I mean, again, not being in this... um, seriousness of what you've gone through as far as something life altering because that's a life altering experience you know and yes everyone goes through things and I've definitely had my share of my own you know moments but I find myself now as an as an adult even more so like number one I try and take accountability for everything whether good or bad I'm like okay what was my role in this and then trying to find that silver line like okay well if this isn't something positive then and it's negative, how can I make it something positive and can I help someone in return so that they don't make the same mistake that I did? You know? Um, so that's that's awesome that you that you found that. So now you're in college, you're going so I'm assuming the sessions though with the therapist were working, right? I'm I'm assuming that you were or I guess well let me not assume because you might not she might not have been someone that was good, but did they help you? Yeah, they did. I mean there was still that element of she just doesn't get it because she hasn't been there, but that wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. I was still dealing with feeling like I had been through something that no one else got because remember, I pushed every chance I had to get to know other survivors away. Like, the yes, would have been a phenomenal way to meet other kids that went through what I did and connect with them, and I pushed all that away. So, she helped, yes, yeah, she really worked 
on the self-esteem issues um, and then really just worked on helping me change my mindset. So from that aspect, it really was super helpful. I think it also helped that I was in nursing school and I was starting to be able to see how my story could affect people and how passionate I was about helping people. And that kind of also helped a lot just in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... All right, so now you're you're you found a career path, right? Are you and your um, husband, but boyfriend at the time? Are you guys thinking about marriage? You know, are you waiting until you guys are both done with school, or you know, getting your career on point? How is that aspect going between you two? So we actually didn't go to the same school. We both are from Virginia. We did go down to Florida together, but he went to a school thirty minutes from me. Um, so we were kind of doing long distance. We saw each other some weekends, but during the week we weren't together much. And we had basically been told by our parents, one of you needs a degree before. <laughs> and you've got to be able to support yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we knew we wanted to get married. We knew before we even went to college. That's why we came to the same state. We knew we didn't want to do long distance, and this was a for real thing. So, um yeah, we knew we wanted to get married. We had every intent on getting married, but we had a while to go because we sure you were trying to do the right thing and in, in that way of okay, you know, to to support yourselves and and at least get some on build some kind of foundation, basically. Yes. Okay, so you're going to nursing school and you eventually become a nurse. Yes. Okay, so. Tell me then, um, and just to fast forward a little bit, so you and Stan got married when then? How? Summer after I graduated from nursing school. Okay, and then how long? Are you still a nurse? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. So you still are a nurse. Um, do you practice it like as far as your, um, when I say you're still a nurse, so I know you are, but are you practice like, or do you work for a hospital? Because I know, I know you're so strong of build, of having a healthy lifestyle. So I was so intrigued to have you on because I know you're so, f- you're so much um, for basically healing yourself through a healthy diet and, um, um, you know, just basically healing from within. So how does that, when does that shift happen? Because obviously being a, being a nurse, you're learning scientific things, right? Um, medication and how to treat the body and, and give proper, you know, dosage or whatever the case may be. So when does that shift happen? Yeah, so I like to call it being brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, now that I know what I know, um, feel like medical school, nursing school, all of that is just glorified brainwashing. They teach you one way, that's the way, and there's no other option. So at the time when I'm going to nursing school, I did exactly what I was told. I never asked questions. I gave meds. I studied the, you know, standard med school stuff or nursing school stuff. And um, just went along my merry way. Mm-hmm. Continued to do that for six years. Um, I worked as an oncology nurse most of my career. Makes sense given what I went through. Sure. I did pediatric oncology years, and then switched to adults because it got to a point where I realized from my own emotional health I needed to step away from. Yeah. 
I'm sure that was tough. Like, gosh, I give anyone credit that works with kids. Again, now that I am a parent and putting myself, like, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, it was... The emotional burden, yeah. It was amazing. I loved it so much. And I felt like every day I went to work, like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, I was able to help so many kids and families by offering them hope and sharing my story with them and just being there for them in a way that someone that hasn't been in the bed can really understand. Sure. It was, it just fueled my passion even more to help people and just made what I went through, it solidified even more that like I needed to go through that so that I could make this impact. And so um, it was an amazing, amazing job. Loved it so much. But started losing too many kids and it was just ripping my heart out every time i mean they tell you you know put up a wall oh gosh yeah you know be a robot essentially but having been through what i went through and then also just the cautiousness and innocence of these kids like there's no way yeah no thing that i had and and in return when i would lose one it would literally break my heart out i'm sure i'm sure Uh, it got to a point to where it was affecting my marriage on my days off of work i was thinking about the kids and the families and just it literally was just not good so i had to make a super tough decision to step away from my heart and my passion and give adult oncology a try which i had never had any desire to do um and I went from being inpatient with pediatrics to outpatient with adults. So I started working at um, an outpatient clinic where the adults just came in for their treatment and then went home. Mm, okay. So um, emotionally, that was much easier because even when they would get sick, they would go into the hospital and I wouldn't have to see it. So it was out of sight, out of mind. Uh-huh. They had to be well enough to come into the clinic to get their treatment. So while it was still difficult and there were so many sad stories and there were still so many young people, 20s, 30s, being diagnosed with cancer, and I still got attached to so many of my patients and developed really special relationships, it was different than doing pediatric oncology. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. I could handle it better. Um, okay, so then when again, so when did that shift happen? That, like, how, how what made you? All oh, right, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You have a you you have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, quite a crazy story I have. Yes. Um, so I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroiditis about. Um, when was it? I think 2013 was when I was diagnosed with that. Um, and at the time I was told it was related to my cancer treatments and my body had started attacking itself and blah, blah, blah. Well, now knowing what I know, I think it was more related to um, the Epstein-Barr virus that I had contracted and that typically um, ends up attacking your thyroid and then you end up with Hashimoto. So regardless how I got it, I ended up with that 
and that was really the icing on the cake as far as health issues for me. I was still dealing with so many health issues from my treatments. Like, those don't go away. Those are lifelong. Yeah, I was going to, I was wanting to kind of get to, to ask, but I, I was like, I'm sure there's so much, like, what happens, because I, yeah, like after that, I'm sure there has to be some effects from going through, from having the cancer, from going through um, the treatments. Like you have to have side effects of that all. Oh yeah, it's literal poison that they're putting in us. And then when you're a child and you're rapidly developing while getting poisoned, essentially, yeah, um, it literally affects you or has the ability to affect you from head to toe. So I got diagnosed with a heart issue, circulation problems, the scoliosis, um, blood sugar issues. I mean, it was just one thing after the next there for a while. And then, again, these are lifelong things. So this is a common thing that people don't understand. Cancer's not over when you beat it. It's just a new battle you have to fight. And that battle is going to be lifelong. And that battle has been harder than, than cancer ever was. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. Tune in next time to hear part two of Melissa's amazing and inspiring story. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.